You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Wednesday, June the 22nd. And we're back, coming to you off of a brutal Phillies loss. Been a little while. No, we've had a couple losses in the Rob Thompson era, the Topper era. Um, but last night felt like the worst to me. I know that they lost that 13-1 to game to end the, the nine-game winning streak, and they had that other ugly loss in there. But last night just felt like the biggest no-show. Felt like, you know, after a day off, coming off a 4-5, of five, losing that last game in the National Series, you know, 9-3, not really in it, to head down to Texas, a team that came into your house and swept you in a two-game series to go down there and just not show up for the first game of the series coming off the off day was honestly disappointing. It was, in my opinion, the most disappointing loss of the Topper era. You know, not that the Topper era has been that long and not that it's had many losses, but I think last night the most disappointing one in that, you know, it really felt like they didn't show up. It felt like the, you know, the Phillies that we had seen for the first month and a half of the season. That's what it felt like. It felt like that team. Felt like a team without much going on. A team that really couldn't get anything going. A team that when they were down 2 3 nothing, really did feel like the game was over. And obviously in the 8th against Juris Familia. Please get him off my team, Juris Familia. That, that's what it is. It's Juris, please get him off my team, Familia. That is now his official name. Until he is no longer a Philly, gives up two two-run bombs to, you know, at least um, I can thank him for allowing me to to say, all right, I can put my headphones in and go lay down in bed and not watch the end of this game and just listen to it. Um, you know, that that was something. That was a you know a mitzvah by uh, by familia, I suppose. But yeah, just a a brutal brutal showing yesterday in Texas, and and again a disappointing one. You know, the first time I've come on to talk to you after a game during the week here on this show in the Rob Thompson era, genuinely disappointed with the performance because I know they lost thirteen to one. I know they lost nine to three. They've they've had some ugly showings, but and oh, and you know that eleven to nine loss to the Marlins, I was disappointed, but I was disappointed more just because of how it all went down. At least they were in that game. At least they fought. You know, at least the the offense showed up. I mean, yesterday, no one showed up. Kyle Gibson wasn't horrible. You know, shout out to Gibby for keeping him in a game. You know, gave you a very Kyle Gibson-esque performance, but just the bats ice cold. I mean, I probably should have known when JT's hitting cleanup coming into the game and JT did have a couple hits. Um, it, it was probably not going to go our way. Harper's still out. We'll get to the Harper injury update. Hopefully things are progressing in a positive direction there. But, you know, the lineup certainly suffered without him last night. And the lineup itself just looked ugly. <laughs> JT in the 4-0 was not super, um, a super scary lineup to go up against for this Rangers team. And look, to be fair, Martin Perez has been one of the best pitchers in baseball this year. He's got an ERA under two. He's having an all-star season for Texas. So, you know, Martin Perez... 
done a good job this year, but regardless, just to, to see the lack of fight from the Phils, and, and that's why I think tonight is such a massively important game, you know? Uh, a game in Texas on June 22nd usually isn't that important, but to see how this team bounces back, it's the first time, believe it or not, the first time Rob Thompson's team has had to deal with back-to-back losses. Rob's got to figure this one out. I mean, it's the first time he's had to deal with it. So, and also, I, I think also the first time they've dealt with a really truly no-show performance coming off a, a bad performance, obviously, and, you know, heading to Texas and just not not showing up. Again, just a, a dismal night of baseball from the Phillies last night. Luckily, it's a 4.05-er today, so they get back at it a little quicker, get back on the field maybe. You get going a little bit, but only six hits from the Phillies, three walks, nine base runners in total. JT, funny, you know, it was him being in the cleanup spot that really kind of sucked the excitement out of me before the game starts. But um, he goes two for four. Bohm goes two for four. And then Schroeder had a hit. Munoz had a hit. That was it. Three walks. All by Reese Hoskins. Hoskins goes over one with three walks. Nice to see Hoskins, you know. Working at bats, getting on base. OBP for Hoskins up to 340 all of a sudden. All of a sudden, Reese Hoskins doing just fine for you right now. Certainly better than Castellanos, whose OBP is at 308, even though the average only two points apart. Castellanos continues to struggle. As, uh, you know, the the team just unable to get anything going. 0 for 4 from Didi, 0 for 4 from Casti, 0 for 4 from Veerling. Camargo back in the lineup goes over 4, but, you know, Nice to see Johan Camargo back in the lineup. Obviously, we've seen this team have to kind of shuffle some guys around over the last few weeks since Segura's been out. Then Maton gets hurt, then Camargo gets hurt, and you know, you're dealing with a bunch of holes in the infield. And we got Matt Veerling playing second base and Matt Veerling playing third base and doing all that stuff, which was fun. Don't get me wrong. And they won those games, but also, um, you know, not ideal for this team. So getting Camargo back is helpful. Gibby. Six and a third, seven hits, no walks, three runs, four strikeouts. You know, fine. Fine outing. Six six plus three runs, yes. Now, Juris Amelia goes an inning and a third and gives up four runs, so less good. God, he stinks. He freaking stinks. Every time he comes in the game, you just know it's going to be bad. You know he's going to screw it up. You know, like, ah, what a loser. I I hate Juris Amelia on our team. He is so tough to watch. Just Horrible. What a waste of money that was. And look, you know, um, we've talked about this a lot, and I think Dave Dombrowski deserves a ton of credit for what he's done behind the scenes with this team, for building, um, you know, the front office up, for trying to create a, a better culture here in Philadelphia with the Phillies. Obviously, we know that's something that has lacked over the last decade, and uh, I think he's done a really good job with that type of stuff, but. You know, and look, some of the moves he's made have been really nice, but um, you also have to point to some of them. You know, especially when it comes to the pitching staff. You know, the Kyle Gibson trade was was nice. That looks good, especially because you know Spencer Haywood doesn't look Sp- Spencer Haywood, the basketball player. Jeez Louise, Spencer Howard <laughs> doesn't look like he's going to amount to much, which is something we all you know thought at the time, and and I was happy to get rid of him. Gibson's been a nice addition for the team. That's fine. You know, um, but really, I mean, you know, go back to last year, Chase Anderson, Matt Moore for a combined $7 million, disastrous use of $7 million. I mean, really can't spend $7 million worse than that going to this year, you know, 16, 17 million, whatever it is between Knable and, and Familia looks like a, 
really bad use of money right now, you know, and, and I, I'm not out on Canable. I do think that that dude can figure it out. He's been too good too recently to just think that, that he's totally lost it. I mean, he might have, but I don't think that's the case. But I think Familia is not good. <laughs> I feel very confident saying that. That dude's not good. And that was six or seven million, whatever it was, down the drain, it looks like. So, you know, you do have to call it Dombrowski for some of the moves. You know, he has not been as deft with adding pitching as his reputation over time has suggested that he would be. You know, he's not done a great job in that department as, you know, came into a team where, where the rest of the guys were already here, the starting rotation, the bullpen. You know, the, the two best bullpen pitchers so far this season have been Ranger Suarez and Connor Brogdon. Both guys already here when Dombrowski got here. So, you know, Dombrowski really, really has failed so far, particularly in his bullpen moves. I mean, what he did last year, what he did this year, I mean, nothing's worked. Nothing's worked so far for Dombrowski from a bullpen perspective. And look, from a starting pitching perspective, too, outside of Gibby, you know, considering the, the, the Anderson and Moore signing. So, you know, that is one area. And look, I mean, it's not like the Cassiano signing is working out so far. The, the JT extension, which he did as well, you know, let's not forget. Um, and again, that was kind of coming in and, and ownership and all that decision and all that. But, you know, Dombrowski has, has not had a great run from a player personnel perspective so far with the Phillies, the Schwarber signing is looking pretty good right now. He's been very good. Um, you know, the Gibby trade was fine. It was nice. It, it didn't, hasn't hurt. Again, I think Spencer Howard is not very good. Um, you know, some of the bottom of the roster signings have, have been nice. You know, Garrett Stubbs is a really nice signing. Camargo has been more good than bad as a Philly. Um, obviously, the DD extension was a bad one that's another one that you put on him um so you know I, I do think that that dave has some some proven to do from a building the roster perspective because so far most of the moves he's made so far have not been great I, again I, I really do think he's done a nice job behind the scenes of building it up for the phillies and you know setting up the future of the the organization and that honestly honestly is more important than what's happening on the field. It just is. You know, there's a reason that the Phillies have spent the last 11 years not in the playoffs. There's a reason that the Phillies have missed the playoffs far, 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 far more times in their history than they've made it. There's a reason they've only had two prolonged like eras of success, you know, from, you know, essentially the late seventies to the early eighties and the, the obviously of seven to 11. And that's it in the history of the franchise ever. There's a reason for that. And it's that this organization has not been good front office wise, drafting and developing players, obviously first and foremost, paramount, but across the board in terms of establishing a winning culture in philadelphia as a baseball team it hasn't happened since the freaking a's <laughs> you know at least uh, uh as a team that just has a winning culture obviously we've had a, a couple small moments in time over the last you know what is it 150 years almost as a as a phillies fan 140 years as a phillies you know the phillies have been in existence we've only had a couple eras small eras of prolonged success there is no winning culture here. There's not been a winning culture here. There's not a way they do things. And I do think that establishing that, creating that, creating a strong front office that can function and 
and year after year put put winning clubs together is is far more important than than you know which pitcher he signs or whatever. Um, but you know you gotta gotta be fair about it, right? You gotta call it out when you see it. And I do think that so far from a roster perspective, Dombrowski is absolutely disappointed. I don't think there's really any other way to to look at it. Um, you know the guys he's brought in to supplement the the guys that were already here have not worked out for the most part. It's pretty simple when you put it like that, right? You know, so um, so Dombrowski needs to do more. You know, this this trade deadline is a really big spot for Dombrowski. Dombrowski in the past has been known for for trades. He's been known for making some really good trades, some really strong trades, some really smart trades. Again, the trade he made last deadline, fine. It's a solid trade. Now, it wasn't enough. It didn't get them over the top. Ian Kennedy wasn't very good when he was here. And Kyle Gibson, for what it's worth, was not great last year. But but Kyle Gibson's been a, a welcome addition to the team. A nice player for this team. It's certainly worth giving up Spencer Howard for, because Spencer Howard is not good, and I don't ever expect him to be good. Now, if he turns out to be good someday, and I'm wrong, we can revisit this conversation. But I'm not expecting it. I, I just don't think he's good. So I feel, um, you know, like that was a good move. But outside of that, you know, we really have not seen... Dombrowski, you know, make any really shrewd moves, shrewd trades. So it's a big deadline coming up, especially, you know, this team needs to, to stay in it and compete and fight. But assuming they're right there, you know, they need bullpen help in a in a massive way. They need potentially another starting pitcher. You know, there, there's going to be um, some moves that need to be made. And seeing how Dombrowski makes them and what he can give up to get is going to be fascinating. So, you know... Eyes on Dombrowski on the Major League roster. Again, I love what he's doing behind the scenes, but you need a few more hits, a few more hits, especially on the pitching side. All right, let's get to a couple outstanding uh, issues or injury issues with the Phillies, and then we'll you'll look ahead again tonight or today, 405-er. Um, again, it feels imbecilic to call it a must-win game on June 22nd, but it does feel from a fan perspective like a must-win game, like there's all this goodwill, all this positivity that we've built up over this now 15 and four month of June. Um, you know, if you go in and get swept by the Rangers, it just it sucks a lot of it out of it. It really does. It, it sucks the juice out of it. And, and uh, you know, I get it. It, it. it should. So it's a big one. All right, two injury issues. Um, obviously the biggest one, Bryce Harper. Harper um, spoke after the game on Sunday. Um Excuse me. Yeah, on Sunday, I believe, or on um, Saturday, maybe, talked about the blister and how it was actually an infection in his hand and how it was not great. You know, how it was tough to hold the bat. There was swelling, all that stuff. Luckily, it seems like yesterday, Harper heading in a, a much better direction. Alex Coffey, an article in the Inquirer about it, um, saying that Harper was feeling better. Thank goodness. Uh, Thompson, Rob Thompson, said that Harper. Hitting the batting cage on Tuesday and feels, quote-unquote, much better. So there's apparently some swelling, so the team is being cautious. Thompson said when guys DH, they take a lot of swings. They tend to take a lot more swings than when they're playing the field, so I wanted to make sure we weren't going to irritate it by taking too many swings, which makes a lot of sense. I wouldn't have thought about that, but that does make a lot of sense that Harper... Since he's not playing the field, and and we know Harper, Mister, you know, baseball maniac, he's you know taking swings all the time in the cage under the you know, and back of the clubhouse, you know, going back there during breaks, going whatever to get swings in to be ready to be jacked up because it's all he could do. It makes sense that he'd be swinging more, and thus probably the genesis of the blister in the first place. So, 
Um, when I heard him talk on Sunday, I didn't hear it till till um, I didn't hear it until uh, Tuesday. Um, the audio or Monday, excuse me, the audio, but, um, it felt like, um, it was a little, little nerve wracking cause he did talk about it. You know, he's like, it's not good and all that. Um, but this report, uh, certainly makes you feel a little bit better about it as again, you know, it was, um, concerning, concerning the blister on top of the elbow and all the issues we've had. Um, and blisters can linger and they're on your hands and you know, your hands are pretty freaking important when you're hitting a baseball. So um, really good to hear. It's much better. If I had to guess, I would guess he's out of the line one more day, but maybe he's back in it today. Uh, look, they could certainly use him. They really need to find a way to win a baseball game today. Is You're going to San Diego. Damn good baseball team, too. They went again yesterday, so an extras. Um, so, you know, you really got to find a way to win this game today. One more injury update, and we'll start to look at it. Uh, Zach Eflin, we all remember, over the weekend on Sunday, uh, pitches only able to get through four, uh, two innings, gives up four runs. Obviously, had the issue, only threw 38 pitches in that game. He was reevaluated yesterday. Rob Thompson said, quote unquote, he's much better. We're still hopeful for a Saturday start. We'll know more on Thursday when he does his bullpen. But he said he felt a lot better and looked a lot better as well. So, you know, that's great news, obviously. If, um, Eflin can just continue to to stay in the rotation and and fight through this, which we've seen Eflin do in the past, the heavy body stuff and all that, where he's kind of just, you know, it's not an IL stint, it's a a tough it out stint. Um, We'll see. You know, they need Eflin to be effective for this team, especially with Ranger obviously being hit or miss and and more miss than hit so far this season, the 4-4-3 area for Ranger, not great. Um, same with Eflin though, you know, and Eflin really the last couple starts has struggled. Um, you know, he had that one seven run start, um, I guess I think against the Dodgers. Um, but he also had that 12 strikeout, seven inning, two run start against the Dodgers. He had that eight shutout innings a few starts ago. Like Eflin has shown the, the ability to, to be dominant and to be a very impressive pitcher at the major league level. And, you know, I think when when healthy and firing is is easily the third best pitcher on this team right now. So, um, you know, even though Gibby numbers wise has been better, so you know they really they really need Eflin to battle through this and be all right. If he's not, again, it brings up the question we were just talking about the situation of you know I think if you talk to pretty much any Phillies fan out there and say what's this team's biggest need, they would say bullpen, and they would be right. I think we all agree they they absolutely need it, but you know there is a situation here developing where, you know, with the Eflin injury potential, with Ranger continuing to lack consistency as a starter and all that, where, you know, you could make the case that that they actually might need a starting pitcher more. I mean, starting pitching is flat out more valuable than relief pitching. It is what it is. If you get a starter, could you move Ranger to the pen? Could Ranger be as effective as he was last year? Probably not because he hasn't been as effective as he was last year anywhere, but maybe just one inning coming out and just firing his best stuff. Maybe that could get it going. Who knows? So, um, and again, with the depth, you know, the idea that if you lose any one of these guys, all of a sudden you've got Bailey Falter, you got Christopher Sanchez, you got bullpen games, you're, you're, you're in a bit of a tight wire act, you know, they're, they're not guys who you can cycle through from the minor leagues who can make starts for you. You know, all their, their high end pitching talent, minor league talent is guys who are in the low minors, you know, high A, Painter, Abel, McGarry, all those guys, they're far away. They're not someone they can just bring up and be like, hey, make a start for us and then go back down. You know, that's not where they're at in their development. 
So, the Phillies do present as a team that might have a real big need at starting pitcher, you know, from a depth perspective, or even from, again, like we talked about, getting your third starter for the playoffs if you're going to make it type of situation. Because if you can't trust Eflin by the time you get there, and, you know, Gibby, I mean, you, do you want Gibby starting your third game of the playoffs? I like Gibby. Maybe it's the fourth game. Um, and even then... You know, and Ranger is not starting a playoff game right now. You know, we thought, you know, Ranger, we thought Wheeler, Nola, Ranger, boom. And that, that definitely has not been the case. So um, I do think you can make the case starting pitcher more important as this season shakes out, as this Eflin thing plays out. You know, they might need a starting pitcher more than a bullpen arm. And look, they might need to look for a deal where they can, you know, Kill two birds with one stone kind of thing. Like the idea of the trade they made last year with Texas, Spencer Howard and, and pieces for... Kyle Gibson, a starter, and Ian Kennedy, a closer. Now, you know, no more Ian Kennedys. No offense, Ian. But, you know, go get someone legit if you're going to do this. You know, go get a real deal, real deal lights out type reliever. You know, David Bednar from Pittsburgh, someone of the like, someone who is on a bad team but is a shutdown, lockdown closer type guy because that's what this team desperately, desperately needs. Um. But, you know, anything helps. You know, I want them to to get someone, you know, a little more elite. But but anybody, anybody. You know, I heard someone on the radio bring up David Robertson, who's closing for the Cubs. Of course he is. And it's like, sure, you know, my top choice, but if I have to give up anything, David Robertson's better than what we got. You know, that's the point. This bullpen's clearly not good enough. Clearly. You got guys like Familia, guys like Nick Nelson, guys like Andrew Bellotti, all these guys who just who just aren't good enough and certainly aren't good enough to pitch big innings and big games. Again, let's talk about the freaking playoffs. And look, right now they're not in the playoffs, so you know we wouldn't have to worry about it, but let's say they're three games over 500. They're, they're right, you know, two and a half out of a playoff spot. You know, three, three range. Like, they're right in there. They've stayed in there the last week. Like, if they can get to the playoffs, if they can find a way, like, who are we talking about pitching innings in the playoffs from the bullpen? Sir Anthony Brogdon and, and what? Hand? Sure, I guess. No one else can touch a ball in the playoffs as far as I'm concerned. I mean, that's where this team is at. Like, who, I mean, can you imagine Juris Familia touching a baseball in the playoffs? Can you? In a playoff game, the stakes that high, we would lose our minds. And rightfully so. He should be DFA'd before he's touching a ball in the playoffs. He should be DFA'd maybe anyway. Guy can't pitch. So, you know, you got to add to this pen, and you might need to add to this starting rotation. You know, they're 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 setting themselves in a spot where you, know, you might need to add. You might need to add. All right, big, 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 big one today. Not might need to add. You do need to add if you want to really compete. We'll see what they do. Um, all right, big one today. 405-er in Texas. Um just trying to not get swept in the season series by the Rangers. Four games against the Rangers this year. 3-0 and for Texas against the Philadelphia Phillies. Luckily, the number one dude we want on the hill to uh, to combat that is, as it's Zach Wheeler on the hill against John Gray. Gray, a very talented pitcher for the Rangers, but, but never just seems to put it together. Um, but obviously Zach Wheeler, you know, one of the best pitchers in baseball has been one of the best pitchers in the National League again this year at 269 ERA. He's just awesome, 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 and has been very locked in. So this is a big spot. You need Wheeler to be your stopper here. I know it's only a two-game losing streak, but it is the longest losing streak of the Rob Thompson era. So 
you need wheels to go out and, and handle business because then again you go to San Diego for an, a big four game series which you won't have Wheeler for you know as, as important and great as he is on the hill you're missing him for that series it'll be Suarez Nola Eflin Gibson and that Eflin start you know up in the air so we'll see um, so it's a big one it's a big big game today before you go to San Diego against one of the, the best teams in baseball a team that's you know over 40 wins all that stuff has been better than you so um Really, really, really need to find a win to win. Find a way to win one in Texas today because um, it's certainly not getting easier this weekend. So it is a big one today before they head out to San Diego for some West Coast action. Handle the Rangers. Please beat the Rangers once this year. All right, guys? Could we please? Big one. Either way, whatever happens this afternoon and this evening, we'll be back talk about it tomorrow so until then thank you for listening to another edition of phillies today right here on the phillies 24 7 network okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road any road the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 